Hi, and thanks for downloading that B Word podcast. I'm your beautiful bipolar host, Becky. And today is the Sunday after the the Thanksgiving weekend. And you know what? I almost made it through without crying. I was so close. We had, I had to go to my parents-in-law for a pseudo Thanksgiving dinner of lasagna, which is weird. Then we went to my sister's house the next day for a leftovers meal um, with my family. And then yesterday we had a dinner here for essentially for myself, my husband and my stepson's my mother and father also came over. Now, you might um, be aware that if you've been listening for a while that my father has been battling some illness. He's He had a bladder removal surgery due to cancer back in March. And since then, it's just been a roller coaster of feeling good and feeling bad. He had some pretty significant complications immediately after the surgery, and um, it was bad. It was really bad. And he's doing better than that now, but he still doesn't feel very well a lot of the time. So when he came over for dinner at our house, he was not feeling that well. And so he... He's diabetic and his blood sugar was crazy high. So um, he was not feeling well, cold, shivery. And I guess since this whole ordeal started with the surgery, I and my sisters have been kind of protective over him. And so I, I guess I was mothering him a little too much and he snapped at me for it. And... I'll tell you what, there is nobody in the world that can hurt me as much as my dad. And he doesn't even know. I mean, he doesn't mean to do it. But um, yeah, that hurt a lot. And I had to uh, go in the other room and correct collect myself before I could, you know, go on and finish the rest of the day in the meal which eh, was turned out just eh but I managed to not completely break down in front of everybody so yay yay me for the win anyway I'm like getting teary just talking about it anyway I'm too sensitive (laughs) so It's going to be a fairly short episode. Well, first let me say, I hope everybody's Thanksgiving was, you know, everything it could be. I know everybody has a different situation and a lot of people have difficult holiday situations to deal with and they're not always the happiest of times. Um, So if that's your situation and you need somebody to talk to, feel free to email me or um, contact me on Twitter, or Facebook, or anywhere really. I have the voicemail line, 
as well, which I keep forgetting to plug. Um, but yeah, talking helps. So um, give me a call or send me a message and uh, and hopefully that'll help you to not feel quite as alone. Or So it's going to be a rather short episode this week because I'm not going to do an interview. Um, I do have one in the can, but I still need to edit it and everything. Um, so I'll be doing that next week. I'm going to be talking to Eric Murthel, um, who is an advocate for those who are going through ben- benzodiazepine withdrawal. I'm uh, looking forward to sharing with that. You got sharing that with you guys. It's a different perspective, I think, than I've heard before. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. In the meantime, there is some news that we can go over. One thing that caught my eye in particular was, and this is the headline, AI-controlled brain implants for mood disorders tested in people. And I read that and I got a little shiver up my spine (laughs) and I was a little scared. Um, And after reading it, I'm not really any less scared. Let's let's read it and, and you can decide for yourself. So this was written by Sarah Reardon on November 22nd, and it details the process of deep brain stimulation, which is essentially using a brain implant to deliver electric pulses that alter the brain's neural activity. And the article says that it's been used to treat disorders like Parkinson's, but hasn't been as successful when treated with mood disor- against mood disorders. There was one experiment that when they tried to test it on, test it for just general depression, um, and that did not really yield any results. This group, and it's a DARPA-funded project, um, said that they believe that their work is going to succeed where the leather failed because they have specifically tailored their brain implants to treat mental illness and to switch on only when it's needed. That's amazing. And I can't believe it's even possible. (laughs) You know what I mean? But they think they can do it. Evidently have tested it on humans already. um, But they there isn't any details about that. Um, So maybe it was just Maybe they're just testing it on themselves. Who knows? Uh, but hopefully they're, one of their goals is to treat veterans with depression and PTSD. There is another trial going on um, where they're trying to use it for OCD. Essentially, yeah, that's what it is. They're putting this closed loop situation into the brain um, to alter the, vein, the brain's neural activity to treat mental illness. And on one hand, it sounds like it could, you know, it, like it could be a good treatment, a drug-free treatment, which is great. On the other hand, somebody's putting something into my brain. And <laughs> I feel kind of a way about that. Um, and it's a little, it's a little scary. Although I suppose taking pills scary in its own right as well, but at least I have control over that. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I just thought it was very, it was thought it was a really interesting 
article and I guess we'll see how it goes. If anybody has any more information on that, I'd love to hear about it. There's also an article and this is on HuffPost Canada and the HuffPost Canada article um, focuses on the unique needs of gay men's mental health. It gives the Canadian rates, I think they're similar in the U.S., that 75% of completed suicides uh, are made by men, and certain male demographics have particularly high rates of mental health, health issues, one being gay men. A Canadian study showed that uh, 50%, which is huge, uh, of gay men have experienced suicidal ideation, which is six times higher than the reported rates for heterosexual men, which are already pretty high. Now, unfortunately, this article doesn't focus on the solutions that it says we need. <laughs> it doesn't really give us any, um, but it does sort of point out the issue, point out the problem that there are underlying causes that, you know, make gay men more susceptible to this kind of emotional issues um, from rejection, harassment, uh, being victimized uh, by others um, can really affect your self-worth, your psychological safety, sometimes your physical safety, um, and can be really isolating. Yeah, it can be really isolating and lonely. Then there is the physical health issues, and it points out the um, high rate of suicide of gay men with HIV, and it points out that gay men who are conflicted about their sexuality also have higher rates of mental health issues if they're conflicted due to family beliefs or religious faith um, or anything like that can lead to self-doubt and uh, emotional problems. It does suggest that uh, having a meaningful and purposeful activity is... Uh, sort of a hedge against mental health issues in gay and straight people both. That's not exactly news, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, but that's essentially all it has to say about action, you know, that we could take. It does say that the, since gay marriage became legal, that suicide rates and suicide litigation have come down among married gay men, which also, if I'm not mistaken, holds true with uh, married heterosexual couples, they're less likely to commit suicide. So that makes sense, you know. And our third article uh, is kind of specific to the Ohio region. Um, evidently, in uh, and this is according to an AP article, uh, Mental Health Effort Urges Ohioans to Be Present for Youth. There's a statewide campaign that was launched in Ohio that is designed to help young people who have been victims of bullying or who have uh, stress or societal pressure that make them an at-risk group for hurting themselves, which is really great. Outreach uh, consists of uh, social media, print ads, and digital PSAs. It also uh, has a website on which is featured a toolkit that 
can get people involved at three levels, friend, advocate, and leader. Friends do not need to register. They can get email updates and materials that can help them with that. And advocates do register and they can get demographic materials, tutorials, campaign downloads, and can help in that manner. And then leaders is more intensive, uh, training intensive. So that's pretty interesting um, for anybody living in the Ohio region. They, you know, might want to get involved in that if they're interested in advocacy. All right, guys. Um, thanks again for sticking with me for this short episode. Hopefully I'll be back to normal form next week. Uh, in the meantime, stay safe and enjoy the leftover turkey as much as you can. <laughs> And I'll talk to you next week. You can reach that B word at that B word at stonefruitmedia.com or on Twitter at that B word one. You can find us on Facebook at that B word pod or on Pinterest at that B word podcast. And you can find all of our previous episodes at that B word.stonefruitmedia.net. Uh, please give us a rating, a review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I really appreciate it, and it helps other people find us in the future. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.